This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Shorewinder.com. Hey guys, Ryan here with Torch Talk Podcast. Did you know that I also run a marketing agency with the absolute best crew? I keep hearing from other garage door companies how their SEO company or their web design company is just not cutting it. We never hear that here. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we work really, really hard for you door guys out there. Check us out, suchandsuchmedia.com. You got the pricing and everything right on the website. Full transparency. And we're going to work really hard because you are the champion of your story. And we just want to be a small part of your success and celebrate it with you. Great customer service. Amazing web design. Phenomenal SEO that's going to get you ranked. Give us a shout such and such media.com. What's up guys, Ryan here with Torch and Talk Podcast. And today we have a little fun. I've got a good friend, uh, up and coming superstar entrepreneur, door guy. And, uh, He's used to putting out fires, but he's been dealt with some new fires lately, and he's navigating them pretty well. What? You like that, Adrian? No, is that too cheesy? <laughs> so um, Greg Giaquinto with Jag and Sons Overhead Door. And uh, you guys, for if you're watching uh, this online, you'll see that he's got some pretty cool backgrounds here, and I'm going to give him a chance to explain what his elite entrepreneurs is. Um, but Greg, how are you, bro? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Well, man, thanks for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure. This is like your third time, right? Might even be fourth. Wow. Hope I don't get any complaints for having the same people on over and over again. I got to try um, and get once or twice a season, I guess. Right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many interesting people in the door industry, but we got to get some strangers on here. They just have to be good. All right. So, Greg, how have you been, bro? Busy as heck, man. That's good, Busy right? As heck. Yeah, just like the most, of, most of the rest of us, I, I feel like. So, let's give a quick update. Uh, when you and I met originally, uh, well, when we, when we first started talking, it was you and your dad. Mm-hmm. You had a, a passion for growing the business. You feel like your dad had done a good job, like getting it to the point that it was at and establishing a small brand in a little area. Uh, it was kind of his side hustle while he was a fireman. You were a fireman. And you said, you know what? I think I can take what you've done and I can make it even better. I can grow it. I can, I can expand into other territories and whatnot. So um, I think we've talked about that in the past. We're going to kind of fast forward uh, the last time we talked, you had hired a few people, uh, you were growing, experiencing some growing pains, but figuring them out. Where are you at today? Yeah. So quick, maybe 30 second recap on that. So I was a firefighter, was a medic. Medic was the part that I didn't like doing miserable for a number of years. Finally decided to jump ship on that. Fell back on garage doors. Um, <clears throat> when I fell back on garage doors, I did not have any 
idea where it was going to go, where I was going to grow it. Coming off of that first expo where I met you and a bunch of other awesome people, uh, that's kind of where it all started. And so from just he and I, uh, we're now up to a point where this past year I've been trying just not to resist growth. Um, I've got uh, some some really good people in place. I've got two people that help me out in the office and they're kicking butt. And I've actually got four people at varying levels of skill in the field right now uh, with the intention to have two full-time experienced technicians in their own vehicles within the next month. And then I've got this young guy, Logan, who, who's got a good head on his shoulders and he's doing a bunch of service for us right now. Um, so we're up to four in the field. Uh, I would say my goal for this year was to start phasing myself out of the field stuff. And that was my goal, like leading into next year. We've accelerated that to the point now where I'm in the field about one day a week. And we're really, really, really focusing on our processes. And I've got, a, like I said, I've got Olivia and Adam who work in the office with me and they're killing it. And we're just, we are exposing every single one of our weaknesses and just crushing them. And we're putting a lot of time into that. And, and I feel within the next two to three months, we're going to be a lot different than we are right now. That's awesome. And I think uh, kudos to you because if I understand correctly, I mean, you've had a couple people not work out, but you've done a really good job of finding good people, whether they didn't have like necessary, like the skill set in the field, uh, you were able to find people that you could train up or whatever. And, you know, from what I've talked to you about with Adam, he's really sharp. Um, so you haven't had a lot of turnover though, right? No. Um, we had one, one guy that I hired that was with us for about a week and a half. He was, he was short term potentially anyway, maybe a year, year to two max. Um, and he was out of work and, and it just, it wasn't what he thought it was going to be. And we split on good terms. He really didn't even work here. He really didn't even work a full day here, to be honest. Um, um, great guy. I would, I would recommend him for any job that he goes for, but he, he wasn't a good fit. Everybody that we've got on our team right now brings something to the table. And I'm a firm believer in hiring the person, not the position. Um, and that especially rings true with Adam. So Adam was a customer. We talked a few times. I said, hey, I'm asking everybody, hey, you know what to be looking for a job? And his, his wife, Laura, who's also fantastic, kind of nudges and says, yeah, he is. And so we started talking. You know, we talk numbers, talk, what are we going to do? You know, he's a very uh, business-minded person also. And I was like, whatever, whatever you're going to end up doing here, there's a place for you. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'm hiring you and we'll figure it out. And so we've been through different phases with that in the time that he's been here. And, and now he's in a position where he is doing some of the best stuff that he can do for us. But it's also cool because he likes getting his hands dirty and, and this job. And I, you know, I like to give him the opportunity to come out and work in the field, learn some new things. And that breaks up his day. And I get that because I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting behind a desk for too long is never good. I, uh, I find myself probably behind a desk too much now, which is why I got into the door game in the first place. I enjoyed riding in a truck going and, uh, meeting customers and doing repairs and doing door quotes, but 
time evolves and then you get in behind a desk and then you realize this is the whole reason why I started the company in the first place was to get out of doing this. Um, <laughs> but it's hard to run a company in a truck. And, you know, especially if you're in a garage, I mean, if you think about it, you got what, eight, 10 hours. You're uh, if you're in a garage the whole time doing a, uh, doing an install, I mean, or even half the time, I mean, all the stuff that's not getting done during that time is uh, you're, you're basically financing your day today for tomorrow is the way I look at it. Because if you were being proactive and building processes or training other people or whatever uh, you would be moving your company forward. But if you're in the garage by yourself and I understand there's a period of time, everybody has to play that role in the beginning. I get it. But at some point you've got to say, look, I've got to pull out of the field because I can't be effective at running the company and building the way we want to build um, it while I'm in the field. And, and we keep, you know, that's part of Aaron overhead doors challenge is, you know, we, um, my, my biggest frustration as a startup is when you have one person in a particular role, especially one that's very important. So commercial sales, right? Uh, we got one person, we had one person, one commercial sales, one person, residential sales. Um, and then I fill gaps for residential sales. Uh, but our commercial guy quit and, you know, that basically says, okay, who's going to fill that gap? Well, my general manager jumps in that role. Then I got to jump in the general manager role, right? So um, having one person in each uh, position is probably one of the most risky things, especially if you're building around that person, uh, which is kind of dangerous. So I, I always have felt as soon as you hire that person, you need to rapidly grow as quickly as possible so you can get that second person. That way, if one quits, you got one to still kind of carry most of the weight, but I've always felt that pressure and um, it's always been very tough because it's really hard to find good people that are trained and that want to come work. So. Yeah. That's the uh, truth, man. Someone posted this morning or yesterday about um, how two of his guys are, you know, looking to start their own LLCs and you can't plan for what people are going to do, yeah. you know? And so you're right. You got to, and that's where we're trying to position ourselves so that my processes are so dialed in that um, when I have to pull from the desk to go into the field, because you and I, we're filling the gaps, mm -hmm. right? And the smaller you are, the more gaps and the more gaps you got to fill, the more often you got to do them. As you grow, you might fill different gaps, but you're always, you're that guy. Everything kind of pivots on you. Yeah. And so it's nice having a good team around me that can do different things that I can rely on to do different things. Um, and so if we were to lose somebody, well, we did have one other, one other person that was with us that, that left and she was part-time in the office and she was inexperienced and she had a great attitude. She was a great person, but she was looking for a role that was more going to teach her how to do the job, not us have her learn how to do it on our behalf. Right. And yeah. so, you know, we kind of talked about it and just kind of BS and right. Oh, it'd be, a, it would be terrible for us if, if that person left. And I kind of was thinking about over the course of the next couple of days. I'm like, well, would it really, like, what would I do if that happened? And then I get a, a text or a phone call like, hey, can we 
chat a little bit when I come in this morning. Like that's either one or two things, right? Either you're leaving or you want more money. All right. So I'm prepared to have one of those two conversations. Yeah. And she comes in and says, Hey, this isn't really working out. And so we kind of came to some terms about what was going to happen over the next couple of weeks. And then we filled that position with someone who's just, it was, it needed to happen. And, and I try to, and this, all right. So segue to elite entrepreneurs. So everything I've focused on in the last 10 years, I've kind of figured out is mindset changing my mind and how I look at things and how I view challenges and setbacks. And so that could have been, that was a challenge. It could have been a setback, but because of the way we approached it and even though I wasn't prepared for it because I haven't experienced that mentally, I was prepared to deal with it or figure it out. And yeah. that's, that's what I feel makes a, a business successful, especially one that's trying to grow. Um, and that's what elite entrepreneurs is. It started as a small contractor networking group, didn't really have any direction for it. And I said, you know what, this is more for entrepreneurs. And I had a Connecticut entrepreneurs. And I was like, you know what, it's not just Connecticut. And so now I have people in there that I also interact with in the garage door world who are in there posting and interacting in that group. And it's all about mindset. And that's, that's what it's all about. Being able I to agree. I think uh, since following Jocko, um, I've, I loved the uh, video. I think I shared it in one of the Facebook groups we're in about um, good. He was like, yeah, uh, Leaf, uh, I think Leaf Babin or however you say his name uh, was like, dude, every time I come to you with a problem, you say good. And he's like, yeah, because we we find a problem and now we get to find a solution. So good. And he's like, yeah, but. And, and so he, he was saying, I got this problem. I, I, I think, um, and he was like, but I know what you're going to say. And he was like, what am I going to say? He's like, good. And he's like, okay. And he's like, well, why is it good? And so he, he answered the own question, but, but it's like in this scenario, right. Where you had the one girl that was, um, you know, working for you and, and you feel a little bit of pressure because you're like, man, I kind of got all my eggs in one basket. And then, you know, she reaches out to you and says, hey, like, we need to talk. Uh, and you kind of know that's going down. Well, from there, um, she leaves, but then you hire somebody who potentially comes in and does a better job. Uh, but it's, I think it's the unknown that stresses out business owners. Um, but I've preached on here from the very beginning, as business owners, we should always be recruiting, like, always be reaching out to people, always be advertising open positions or positions you're hiring for, even though you're not, you don't need those people. You could come across an all-star um, and then just hire them and they can make a huge impact. I'll give you an example. I mean, I had a couple people quit uh, from here, uh, Aaron overhead doors. And um, I was like devastated because it all kind of happened all within like a five week period. And we lost like four or five revenue generators. And I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Isn't that? And I just decided, look, I'm just going to buckle down and we're going to get this done. And so we replaced all of them. And so uh, officially this week was the last one that we had to replace, but the last two months, bro, have been our, our best months profit wise. So we got less be backs with this team. Like my new team's like, Oh my God, dude, how did you guys do anything before we're cleaning up all these messes and we're going to these garages and we're like, uh, 
that's why you're here. So uh, it's, um, yeah, it's good. Um, and, and, and I, I, I think about it and I look back on it now and I'm like, Oh, good. But in the moment it felt like, Oh crap, you know, yep. <laughs> um, because when you've got a lot of overhead and you're, you know, you're trying to push, you know, you're pushing over a quarter million dollars a month. Um, that, that is, uh, that's challenging, right? Like, if you lose that many revenue generators, that can go south real quick. Um, it's already difficult enough to find people. And then what we're learning now is, is that if we bring somebody in from the outside and then try to train them, uh, if we don't do a good enough job training them, they just fall into the same habits that the old guys did, right? So we're, we're actually working on that now. But talk to me a little bit about how you're able to find time to train these people with no experience and um i know we talked a little bit about you uh working on like your goal was no matter who goes out there they all view it the same they all do the same process and you could never tell who did it because they all follow the process how are you implementing that and how are you getting your guys to follow that process uh it's a it's a work in progress and so that experience you just described with you know losing some people and bringing some new people on um, I kind of, I had this image in my mind recently about what it means to be an entrepreneur and, and you know, those photos, when you see somebody on a roller coaster and they're either scared, like crap in their pants and they look like they're going to die. But then there's that person that's scared and crap in their pants, but they got the biggest smile on their face. Yeah. That's the roller coaster. I want to be on the guy with the smile on his face. That's the one I'm on, right? Not the one who's you, you get to that point where you don't know what's going to happen next and you're scared because if you're scared you're not going to win you're not going to succeed you need to be you need to ride that roller coaster and you need to have fun um and so leading into this this whole question about processes and training these people i'm figuring it out man i'm i'm riding that roller coaster and you don't know what you don't know and so we try to put things in place and and i think i have things in place where i i have conversation with an employee they say they understand and then they go out next week and they do the same thing. Well, whose fault is that? That's mine. That's my job. That's what I'm here for. That's my job to make sure you have clear expectations. And that goes the same for an employee. That goes the same for um, a customer. You right. set expectations and, you, and they either live up to them or they don't. And you live up to them or you don't. Um, so what's been happening with us is, is, we're working so much on the processes. That's what I mean. I pulled myself out of the field because I had to, not because I want to, because I have to. And so we're building these processes and then we roll something out <clears throat> and maybe it's not hundred percent complete, but it doesn't need to be. If you, if you wait until something is perfect to roll it out, you're never going to do it. At least me, at least not me. And so we roll it out and we see how it goes. And then we make corrections and we make adjustments. And one of the biggest challenges for me was realizing that I need to let other people screw stuff up, right? Because I was doing so much that I was screwing it up and I was getting stressed over it. And I wasn't riding that roller coaster with a smile on my face. I said, you know what? I said, I'm stressing too much over these things. I need to let them screw it up and then help them figure it out. And right. together we're gonna learn that process. And so that's one of the most fun things about what I'm doing is, is the learning process. And so I've, I've got a team of people who I feel is on the same page with that. And 
Tin Man, Jim, he wants to be a master tech. And so I try to give him the tools to do that and give him the opportunity to do that. Um, I don't need to know how to do his job for him to know how to do his job. Right. But I need to give him the tools. Yeah. And so those processes are a constant work in progress. And some of it is input and some of it is software and planning, right? And so we actually just signed on with Service Titan. Big expense, right? Like, yeah. holy crap, we spent so much money this month. But I think the things that we're doing are gonna are gonna pay for themselves. And we're gonna we're gonna start to see a huge return on investment um, because of the data that we're gonna be able to pull from that and really see what our weaknesses are and help each person who's here be their best self. Yeah. That's awesome. And I've seen you evolve as a human, like over the last two years also. I mean, you, you've never really been like, um, like, I mean, you're kind of laid back in general, but, uh, you've always been pretty passionate, I guess it's probably, it, but now you're more open. I want to be good at something. That's what I want. Yeah. And it happens yeah. to be garage doors and running the business. Yeah. And so, uh, how is like, you don't have to go into detail, but are you able to grow at the rate that you're growing? Cause you're growing at a pretty good rate. Uh, are you able to do that and maintain, uh, profit margins and, um, or, you know, uh, have a steady flow of capital? So I'm trusting in the process at the moment. I'm trusting that the decisions we're making and that the work that my team is putting in is going to, is going to return a profit so right now we are kind of net zero um but we know we're net zero we're we're aggressively building and, and so a period in every business i think you need to, i mean well you don't need to but if you're trying to grow uh that i think that there's a time where if especially if you're young um and you got a bunch of inexperienced people i think that's pretty normal. I went through that stage. I've kind of still go through that every once in a while. Um, but you were saying something, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you, you're good. Um, so yeah, we're, we're aggressively growing. And so we're an S corp. And so I pay myself a paycheck and I'm gonna, we're looking into how to restructure that because there are tax advantages to taking disbursements. I've been part of my pay as a W2 and part of it is disbursements. Um, which is going to, dude, it's a, I think you said this to me one time and you're not the only person who said this to me. It's a game. Mm. It's a game. And so money is a game and it's literally just shifting it and leveraging it to your advantage. And so like we're doing, we're doing a project on my house right now and I get a, a credit card offer in the mail, 0% for 15 months and 3% cash back on home improvement dude, that's a win, right? Yeah. You're going to give me a few hundred bucks to renovate my house. And then I'm going to pay it off at yeah. 0%. Like that's a win. It's a game. It's just shifting money. Yeah. And so if you can shift it in a way that you can leverage it to make more and make your money work for you, that's the process that we're going through. And while I, I don't have any formal education in business and really in much of anything like i do have an associate degree but it wasn't geared towards any anything i'm doing right now um and so there's a cost associated with learning 
and some days I pay that fee, right? But as long as we're moving forward and we're trusting the process and we're constantly doing things to help us grow, our projections tell us that we're gonna be profitable by the end of this year. Right now, we're investing as much as possible to make to maximize the profit at the end of the year and exponentially grow it moving forward. That's awesome. Um, I, I have always been the guy who um, kind of spins and has faith. And I find myself sometimes digging a hole a little bit deeper than I like. And you got to freaking just buckle down. And that's when I'll go dark. Like you won't see me on social media. <laughs> Everybody will be like, where's Ryan at for the last two weeks? Ryan is working 15 hours a day, like making phone calls, going out in the field, doing whatever he has to do to help out. Um, and so uh, I think there's a, there's a, a healthy balance to what you're doing, right? You got to make good decisions and you got to, uh, but there takes a, it takes a lot of faith, not only in yourself, but in you, in the ability of your team and your projections and, uh, your growth and all of that. And, uh, so when it comes to getting business, um, how are you getting the business that you need to grow at the rate that you're growing? We are. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Good, man. How are you, Roman? Doing great. I just wanted to reach out and let you guys know how grateful I am that Somer has been a sponsor of Torsion Talk. Yeah, fifth season already. We've had four really good seasons and a lot of good success for us. That's great to hear. At this point, though, I think everybody's pretty much heard of you guys that follow the podcast. What do you think we could say to make your ad stand out for season five? Well, I think we've been working really hard on customer service, making sure that our team and everyone knows all the technical things they need to know to make sure we get uh, the best and quickest service to both homeowners and dealers. Um, we've also been putting a lot of stuff out there to improve product knowledge so that customers know how to, or so that dealers and technicians can know how to troubleshoot or know, you know, what all our operators are capable of, because there's a lot of stuff, even stuff that's not in the manual. And um, we're continually improving the product. We've had a couple of new software releases in the last year. Um, we're continually adding additional accessories, and we've got some even new operators in the pipeline that we're excited about. So you guys got a lot going on. That is great. Am I allowed to talk about how awesome you guys have been through all the shortages and price increases? You guys have been like steady Eddie. Like you didn't skip a beat. No quality issues to my knowledge or anything. Well, Summer is a German company. You know, we, we do things slowly, but we're, we try to do them well. That is super true. You guys have a great team, and I am so thankful and proud to have you guys as a sponsor of Torsion Talk. Hey, Torsion Talk family, if you haven't tried Somer yet, I challenge you to reach out and start a conversation today. Not only is the product great, but Roman and his team are super knowledgeable. I can call him and troubleshoot or just ask advice because he's been in my shoes. If you're ready to chat with the team at Somer, call 877-766-6607. Bifolding overhead doors are simply cool. Therefore, if you install one, you too are cool. All kidding aside, Swice makes the best bifold door on the market. So when you have an opportunity to sell a bifold, Check them out first. As a matter of fact, bifold security doors are hot right now. 
If you check out their website, bifold.com, you can see hundreds of ideas on how businesses are using bifold doors. They have tons of photos on their website. They've supplied doors, bifold doors, for restaurants, basketball stadiums like Golden One Center in Sacramento, retail stores, and even spectacular homes. These doors are a game changer and a statement piece. If you want a project that will draw attention, sell Schweiss door. Tell them Ryan with Torch Talk Podcast sent you. Visit bifold.com. That's B-I-F-O-L-D.com. Need to grow at the rate that you're growing. We are up until, what, a year and a half or so ago, we were 100% word of mouth, 100% word of mouth. And that's right. And that's the, that's the business my father built. And then so what we've done with that is we've taken that word of mouth and we've moved it online. And so the only advertising we pay for is behind the scenes, is SEO. And so we get decent traffic to our website. Um, we get compliments on our website. Thank you, Ryan and, and yeah, your team. Like you guys it. are you guys are awesome. I like, because I don't go on it every day, but when I do, I always find something new and, and I, I, I feel like I'm, you know, the money that I'm paying is going towards something, which is yeah, really yeah. cool. Because I get on there, I'm like, oh, I really like what they changed here. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and and it's a it's a slow process. And, you know, we've been established so long, we have a good word of mouth. Um, I did purchase a phone number from a, another kind of tailgater friend of my father's when he was moving out of state. Um, the funny thing is we know who those customers are, even though it doesn't ring as a separate number anymore. <laughs> He's got a very peculiar set of clients. Um, some of them have been great, some of them are not, but, um, you know, we have a decent flow of people coming in. Did that in. pay off for you? It, it Oh, yeah, 100%. 100% paid off. What were you looking for? So for other guys listening, uh, where they might have an opportunity to buy a phone number like that, what are you looking for to buy a phone number? And then like, uh, how do you figure out how much it's worth? So you're buying, so when you're buying a phone number, you're buying goodwill, right? So when you purchase a business, there's the, there's the value on paper and then there's the goodwill and the goodwill is what that person put into it. And that's what you're really what you're paying for. That's what you're hoping to get out of it. Now, the guy we bought it from, from also, is uh, has a really great word of mouth following. His customers love him. And when they were calling him and still getting him, he was referring us and saying, these are the guys you want. And when those people call and say, oh, it's not, it's not Tim anymore. I say, well, no, it's not. But Tim was a friend of ours and he really wanted to make sure that he left his phone number with someone he would trust to take care of you, right? And so um, all of our business is word of mouth. And now we've moved that online. And so I'm really active on Facebook and we have when someone, so the town I live in is North Haven. Someone asked for a, a referral for a garage door. There's 10 people that tag me or my business within 20 minutes. I've gotten four closed leads for service in the last three weeks because I'm active in my um, digital community and my physical community. Right. And so it's all about building that network. And we're not, we're so busy. We're really install heavy, which I'm trying to migrate to service. We don't want to do less installs because that's mostly organic um, calls that come in. A lot of people just, this who calls us, right? Yeah. Service you got to pay for because of all these big companies who see that it has a good margin and they aggressively market it. And so we're going to get into that space, but we can't handle the volume of work we're doing right now. 
Um, so we're not really paying for much advertising other than our SEO. I used to be in marketplace and that was really great when it first started. There's a lot of tire pickers. You're not talking about that. Yeah. And when you're growing and when you're small and you are, right. you're looking when you're hungry and you're looking for that business, um, it's a great thing, but you have to be willing to not let you, you have to be willing to say no, because those people will waste your time and a lot of it. And yeah. so you have to know um, what you're getting into depending on where you're finding your customers. And I've got some really good clients out of Facebook marketplace. One of them is a house flipper that has used us for a dozen projects and referred us to eight other people in the past two years. I sent him a, a gift basket and a bottle of vodka for Christmas this year. Heck yeah. Like, dude, like he calls us, I need this. We say, okay, we show up within two weeks and then he sends us money. That's yeah. a great relationship. He's yeah. happy with our service and we're happy that he calls us and pays us. We take care of him. He takes care of us. And so that's that, that's that network. That's, it's all about building the network. Um, and so that's really how we're generating our leads. We have tons of reviews. I was asking them for them personally, and I was finding that not a lot of people would leave them. Then uh, we signed up with nice job, which integrates with jobber who were our current CRM, which we're transitioning out of, which I absolutely love uh, fantastic for small business. Um, but we're outgrowing it. Yeah. Um, and so we need something more robust. But nice job has generated so many legitimate reviews for us. They're all five stars because of the service that we provided. But the way that nice job prevents it, uh, presents it and asks for them, people are very willing to leave a review. They can get it via text, they can get it via email. Um, and they could leave it wherever they want, either Google or Facebook, where before I was asked people to leave it on Google. If you don't have a Google account, guess what? Even if you want to leave a review, you can't. Yeah. So those reviews are our online word of mouth. And it's a huge, huge driver for, for sales leads. And I know you and I have talked a bunch about um, Nextdoor, and it sounds like they're, they're working out some kinks in their platform. I think it's yeah. a really great platform as it is and i think it's going to be even better and it's definitely something i'm gonna i'm gonna look to um work with you on in addition to our seo when we're prepared to handle the work <laughs> but yeah i think that's, that's our that's my that like uh i just had a guy one of my roofing clients text me before i started this telling me to please turn it off because they can't they can't handle it yeah uh, they can't get to all the leads in a particular location, which like that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, like I'm sitting here looking, <clears throat> you know, I'm running, um, I'm running pretty hard on some of these. But the problem that they're having, which I just had a meeting with some of their product guys and their ad team, is um, I can't spend the budget, so uh, it'll run for a little while. And then it'll shut off and I don't get any warnings. Um, and, uh, and so then I have to go in and reach out to them and it takes a couple of days and they get it turned back on. But apparently like the front end's not talking to the back end and there's some glitches, but they told me when I came on board that it was like, you know, it's just going to, it's, um, you know, they're in this position where they're it's beta, probably more like alpha phase, but whatever. Uh, but just kind of give you an idea, like here's a garage door company in San Jose um, running 235,000 impressions. So we've been able to get this company's name in front of 235,000. This is the last 30 days and it hasn't even been running the whole time because we had a glitch. So I think this is like two weeks worth of data. 
235,000 people, 1,134 uh, clicks, and it cost us $2,300. What is that per click? It's I don't like, know, but it sounds cheaper than AdWords. So much cheaper, <laughs> dude. And I'm like, you know, we're targeting, you know, we're, we're sitting here targeting repair because, you know, it's a easy, it's two bucks, man. We're getting two bucks a click for targeted campaigns. Um, that's gold, dude. I mean, just absolute gold. Um, so I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. Um, they got a lot of bugs. I don't think their pixel works. Um, and they're fully aware of all their problems and they own them. Uh, but what's cool is, is they keep funding my account. So the, the balances keep going up, even though we're spending some of the money because they credit me uh, a bunch of money to, uh, for all the problems. So I'm still funding them every month with my client's money, but like some of these just keep going up because they keep getting frozen. But anyway, it's just, uh, next door is a freaking gold mine. If they ever get this thing figured out and it's running smoothly, uh, it's going to be out of control. Like, uh, and I don't think it's going to be $2 a click much longer. Um, I mean, it wasn't long enough where we were like pushing 30, 40 cents a click. Um, and we're already up to $2. So, um, next well, door that. Is they're in that learning phase that right now costs. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So their their return isn't that great right now. But they're building and they're and they're working out their bugs and they're they're bringing in enough that they can survive through that and then turn it around. Yep. Yep. I just wish they would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same problem over and over. Like, Hello, guys. Uh, yeah. But, you know. I mean, but they need you. Yeah. to help them figure that out. And, you know, if you're seeing return on it and you're willing to live with that little bit of stress and, and you I mean, can let's just, just do the math here real quick. Uh, what I say? 1100. Yeah. Uh, for that client. That was San Jose. But they've also got in front of their logo. Their brand was seen by yeah, a yeah, couple just hundred thousand, two hundred thirty-five thousand people. But let, let's brand just recognition say is huge too, because even though they didn't click, click. Right. I agree. But let's say we get 1%, just 1% of people actually convert of the clicks. I mean, that's 11, that's 11 leads. And I think that's super low. I mean, usually you're going to see a much higher. Um, and so if you have 11, some of those new doors, some of those repair, you spent two grand. Um, let's even say, let's even say they're all, low ticket let's say even say they're only every single one of the 300 ticket it's paid for itself that's 3300 well yeah i mean it's probably break even as far as profit goes but um but you know that's not that's you a, know it's doing better than that yeah 100 yeah i mean like what i know uh this actual guy he he called me and was like hey dude i don't think i want to do the next door thing anymore and um and so i was like all right so i turned it off and then he called me back like the next week he's like uh, did we turn off the next door thing? I was like, yeah. And he was like, can we turn it back on? And I'm like, hi. <laughs> He's like, I just got two custom wood doors from two different customers that told me they found us on next door. And I was like, okay. And so he was like, yeah, let's open it up, man. I'm going to throw some more money in there. He's like, I like these customers. So, I mean, 
it, it's a great, great avenue. And I've got like a backlog of people waiting to come on. And we're not accepting any new clients until we get some stuff figured out with the ad platform. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got this dude uh, in, I think, Indiana or something. He's a roofer. He's chomping at the bit. He's like getting frustrated with me because I won't turn it on for him. But I'm like, dude, I'm, I won't be setting you up for success right now. So this isn't a plug for you guys to hire us for this because I'm not accepting any clients for it anyway. Um, but it is a uh, it is an opportunity and you guys can go in and actually build out deals and run some ads uh, locally yourselves. And I think I would suggest you guys do that. So it's definitely, it's definitely not a plug. I'm also going to elaborate on that a little bit because I hire you for SEO, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know the first thing about SEO. I could spend time and figure it out, but the amount of time it's going to take me is going to cost me a lot more than I'm paying you who knows how to do it, to do it better than I can do it. And so the same equates to that, that next door. Like I don't, plan on jumping on next door and figuring it out i know that i'm gonna have a better roi by paying so you're figuring it out right now yeah right and so you're gonna be you're way more knowledgeable than i am and and you know as a you know sometimes you don't have that money to spend right but then sometimes not spending that money kind of costs you money and so it's always something you got to weigh when you're trying to grow a business, it's yeah. just kind of, and you gotta, you gotta make a decision and, and trust that you're making the right decision. But if you get, if you let it knock you down and you don't get back up, that's when you fail. Yeah, I agree. Um, can we hit on um, PDA real quick? Yeah, bro. So I know some of you guys know I'm a board member on the PDA. Um, when I got back Tell from PDA is cause if they're not, they yep. so, so when I got back from the, from the IDA expo 2019, I kind of had my eyes open. So my father always kind of said, you can't really make money doing this. Well, you couldn't make money doing the way he was doing it. It was his side job that paid for the things he wanted. So I kind of came back energized and wanted to get involved. Um, found out that IDA has a local affiliates. Mine is a professional door association. Um, and so I got on the board there and it's a, a really great group of people um, that it, it's, I get something out of being part of it. It's part of my network. These people do a lot of work for the members. Um, it's tough to really see what the, the benefit of it is. Not enough people get involved. Not enough people want to step up and do these jobs. And so if you guys want to see a benefit out of something in this industry or any industry that you're in, you have to give to it. And so I'm on the board now and we're, we're trying to set up, um, we are setting up a trade show in September. It's at Foxwoods in Massachusetts, September 17th. Um, we're looking still for more vendor support. Um, you know, times are crazy. And, and I think it's going to be a really good thing to kind of get back to a little bit of normal. I feel like we have one of the better um, trade shows around for the size that it is. And if you guys are even thinking about getting involved, you should come check it out. We have a potentially speaker set up who I, I can't really mention yet, but I think you guys are going to love it um, if he's able to make it and if this all works out. But um, I'll let you know who that is. I'll let you know who that is when it gets a little bit closer, but I'm really looking forward to this person speaking because he's going to kill it. But um, that's my little plug for the PDA. I just didn't want to forget to throw it in there. Yeah, bro. 
Uh, well, I appreciate that. What if somebody's like chomping at the bit and they're hungry and nothing else is going on in their territory? Would it be valuable for them to, uh, to come? Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, definitely. I've learned so much just by, um, I jumped in with both feet to this. I have not given myself the opportunity to fail. You may see me post online sometimes that, um, failing to fail is fail, failing to succeed. So you gotta be willing to fail, but you have to keep going. And so I have not given myself the option to fail. And when I say that, I mean, I have not given myself the option to give up. So I may fail along the way, but I'm not going to stop. Um, and so just by jumping in with both feet, I've exposed myself to so many people that are willing to give back and willing to teach. And, and you, Ryan, like from the time I met you, you've always been supportive. You've always said, hey, um, try this or what about this? Or, or you maybe didn't even give me directions so much as challenge me to change my mind about something and look at it a different way. And so that's what I want to do for other people. That's what, um, you know, some of these Facebook groups have done for me. That's what you've done for me. That's what the PDA has done for me. And so if you guys are passionate about this, and I've really started to build that network of people. Um, I chat with people across the country on a regular basis who are in varying stages of life, varying stages of business, maybe not even in the garage door world, but jump in with both feet, get involved, come to these trade shows and meet the people who are passionate about it, because that's where you're going to find success. Everybody who's successful, truly successful, wants to see you succeed at what you want to succeed at. That's been my experience. And, you know, come out to these trade shows and meet, meet me, meet the people who show up. Cause those are the people who are going to change the industry. Yep. hundred percent. I, uh, something you said struck a chord reminded me of, um, when I was in software, one of the guys that I worked with, uh, gave me like a little, um, I guess recommendation or whatever they call it on LinkedIn, but he used the words that I, I have a fa- uh, have a fail fast mentality. Uh, where was it? He manages with a fail fast mentality. And I think I don't have a problem with failure because I failed like for the first 20 years of my life miserably all the time. So I just kind of got used to it. And and I think I tell people sometimes not as elegantly as that is, you know, I, I go so hard at it that I'll I'll probably not do it right the first time or the second time, but I've done it so quickly that I get to the end result, the positive one quicker than a lot of people will get to the right result, starting at the starting line at the right result. So um, I, I, I don't mind failure. Um, I actually encourage my team to, to try things that they may not think they can do. Um, and I, I feel like uh, I think everybody plays it so safe. Like we have this safe mentality and you didn't get into business safely right nope. like i mean nope. greg what was that like right <laughs> like oh that conversation God. with your wife hey babe you know i think i'm gonna quit being a fireman and i'm gonna go do the door thing um that's not safe right um you know jumping in with both feet that's not safe it's nothing about what got you where you're at was safe but then we get into this like comfort zone where we're like okay now i want to be safe And then everything goes downhill and you're like, what is happening? It's because you're playing it too safe. You can't, you can't not take chances, even as an established business, 
or you're just going to be in trouble or somebody's going to overtake you. So I think the, like one of the issues that I have with a lot of business owners that I like to challenge people on is don't get too comfortable, right? Don't be too safe. Always be challenging yourself to get better. And that's why I love watching you online and talking to you all the time, because I don't think it's going to be much longer, bro, before you pass me, dude. And, uh, and probably because you're figuring things out quicker than me, but, uh, we're both working hard and, uh, and, and I'm freaking proud to be your friend and super excited to watch you succeed. Um, and, and when I first met you, dude, honestly, like that was, that was the thing, uh, was I, I, I thought you played it safe. And you didn't play it safe. You jumped out and started your own business. But I was challenging you to take more risk and and challenging the way that you've always done things. As a matter of fact, I got a, a conversation with Tisha uh, yesterday. I think she um, uh, don't kill me for the analogy, but it's really good. Um, so you have this uh, granddaughter who's cooking for Thanksgiving, and and it's like a brisket or whatever maybe not thanksgiving i don't know and she cuts the ends off and she sticks it in there to cook it um in the in the pressure cooker or whatever and um her daughter's like hey well, why why do you cut the ends off oh well, i've always cut the ends off um uh, and, and then her mother cuts the ends off and she's like hey i'm just curious why do you cut the ends off because i've always cut the ends off because you cut the ends off. oh i've always cut the ends off and then they go to dinner uh, one time with their grandmother and um, they're like, hey, grandmother, why did you cut the ends off? Because that's why we do it. Why did you cut the ends off of the of the meat before you stuck it in? And she's like, oh, my pot was too small. I had to cut the ends off to get it to fit. But but they they watched it. Right. And then they said, OK, I'm going to cut the ends off, too, regardless of how big their pot was it didn't make a difference. They were so, they were, they were just doing it the way that they saw it done. And they didn't, they didn't even like apply anything, any, any like questioning to it. They just, uh, I find sometimes we just go through life and we do things because that's the way we do them. So in this particular scenario, um, you know, I think we got to question everything. I think it's good to question everything. It's good to take chances. And so otherwise we're just going to do the same thing that we do all the time and we're never going to get any better. Yeah, that's a good one, man. I've, I've heard that one and I, I, I like the way you told it. You, you told it well, it's, Probably it's a good, no, it, you hit, you hit it. <laughs> you did it, man. You hit every, you hit every point that it needs to make. And, um, you know, there, there's so many important lessons that, um, that are out there and that if you're willing to learn them, it, it change your life. And, you know, I really appreciate what you've done for me and, and allow me to, to make mistakes and, and grow along the way. Um, every time I think I might get close to catching up with you, we have a conversation like, damn, man, he's doing all this other stuff now. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to catch you. But, I'm always uh, doing something it, crazy. You are, you are. And it, it's fun to watch you too, man, because you, you're always you're always doing something crazy. And, and you know, sometimes I, I see what you're up to and sometimes I don't. And I, I'm just like, that's the that's my favorite when I don't know what you're up to. I just wait. That's uh, when I'm. That's what down. he. That's what he was doing this whole time. Like it makes sense now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, you, you're you're killing everything that you do, and and I think you single handedly are are doing. Now I I like and support the IDA. Um. I feel like mm -hmm. it took them a long time to 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 um 
you know, we're more than a year into COVID and I feel like they're finally just figuring out how to deal with that. Um, And you single hand, not single handedly, but you're the driver, but you and your team have done so much to fill so many gaps in this time. And anybody who's jumped on board, um, you know, came to the virtual door dealer conference and and who's followed you along the way, I I feel, I feel has, has benefited from it. Um, I had, uh, I've made local contacts through people that I met through that. (laughs) Yeah. Which is crazy. And, and, um, Nate, Nate actually was out in Connecticut. He was out in California and, and, you know, we're, we're shopping, uh, CRMs and he happened to be in Connecticut visiting his cousin, Jeff, who lives in, you know, the town near mine. And we met up Woodard. Yeah. Yeah. Nate Woodard. Nate Woodard. Yeah. He's a good dude. And so he came by and, and had a little bit of food, had a beer with me and, and we just chatted about, you know, business and garage doors and, and I never stopped, man. You ask my wife, she knows I'm obsessed. Um, she lives with it. (laughs) It is what it is. And, uh, you know, it takes her reminding me sometimes like, Hey, slow down and come sit down and eat dinner with us. And, and she's really good at that. Um, and I really appreciate her for that. And, you know, you said about, you mentioned about taking risks before and jumping with both feet. Yeah. I've been taking risks and my wife was the one person I wasn't happy in my old job for so many years. Um, it wasn't for me. It wasn't my calling. It wasn't my passion. I was able to do it. I was smart enough to do it. It just, it caused me so much stress being a paramedic and the amount of support that I got from my wife in order to step away from that. I I'm forever grateful to her. She's my, literally my best friend. Um, you know, we have a lot of fun together and she's, she's allowed me to grow through this process. Um, you know, it hasn't always been easy, but we always support each other. And whether that's your significant other, a good friend, um, you know, I mean, if you don't have anybody in your life that, that is there for you like that, start asking around, just put yourself out there because you will find somebody who's going to support you. And I've found, uh, just by putting myself out there, I've found a whole network of hundreds and hundreds of people who I can call on anytime. Um, you know, I've joined um, I told you, uh, my buddy, Jeff Merkel, we know, know yeah. and love Jeff Merkel. So he's in this group called. Apex. Jeff and I've been talking steady for like two years. Yeah, Jeff's a good dude, man. He, he reached out to me after being on your podcast one time. Yeah. And just that one interaction with him, you know, we've been keeping in touch and, and some of the, the things that I've seen him do has inspired me to make some changes. And while, he's not doing things that what I, I would do them or he's on, on the exact same path that I am on. Um, you know, we have a lot in common and a lot of things that we could share. Yep. And that's, that's kind of pushed me to, to where I'm at. And, you know, to that same, to that same Avenue, you, like I said, have brought so much to this industry, dude, garage door, you, man, How come you don't have that logo behind you. I don't know, dude. Like, I don't want to be like too promotional about everything, but um, we haven't even really publicly pushed Garage Door U. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of been can something. I, that... Can I do it now or do you, you want to? Go ahead, bro. Little... If you want to yeah. give a shout out to it, go ahead. All right. So, um, you know, there's networking and then, and then there's kind of paid networking, which is what Apex is. And that, that wasn't really something I would have ever done. Right. But Jeff kind of challenged me and Expo got canceled this year. They had a mastermind conference around the same time that Expo was. I was like, you know what? I'm going to Texas. And I just went. 
and you take that risk, you jump into both feet. I knew I was going to be surrounded by people that Jeff said were like-minded. I trust Jeff. I'm going, I'm in. And so now you've got garage door you, which is a networking thing. It's also a paid thing and you're calling it a, a, a mega mind, right? Um, I don't know what I'm calling it to be honest. You don't know? Like I, I, I've well, called it like three different things. I don't even know what a mega mind is, but it's <laughs> like a peer, I call it like a peer group, um, it, accountability peer group. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's business and it's garage doors. And so you're taking, so anybody can be an entrepreneur, right? Anybody can be a business person. You just have to, you can be whatever you want to be in this life. You could have whatever you want in this life, as long as you're willing to go out and get it. And, um, you know, Apex is already established, big network of people. Garage Door U is, is you, right? I'm like, how's Ryan, how's Ryan getting pull off where they're pulling off? Like, I don't know, but I know that whatever Ryan does, he doesn't do halfway. It's like, I, want, I, I told you, I said, I got to sit down and try and figure out what's left in the budget for this. And then I never ended up getting to do that in the time before it was time to sign up. And well, you but I know so many people, I think your next six months are free, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. <laughs> nice. I mean, quite a, there's a couple, so you're good. Nice. And uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not even in it for, for that. Like I refer it because I think that people are going to benefit from it and mm-hmm. I think it's going to be worth it and it's networking, but when you have to pay for it, um, it kind of makes you want to participate because you're like, I got something on the line for this. And to be honest, it's, and it's not a lot of money. It's what you're no, going to get out of it. I don't think. And so we've already had what we had Mike McCallowitz on with us once, yep. which was, which, yeah, it's a plug for his book, but he broke down some of the steps I took. I took notes on it. Yeah. And I've actually, I shared some of my notes with people who have, have now signed up for garage door you because man, look at what, Look at what I'm getting out of this. Right. And so, you know, it, it's scheduled meetings. So we're going to meet every, our group meets on Fridays. Right. And then you got a couple other groups. And so we've got like these heavy hitters like Mike McCallowitz and, and who do you want to share some of the other people you're yeah, I mean, trying to bring on, on trying to get uh, an attorney, uh, construction attorney that I yeah. have uh, to come on and talk to us about some legalities between like kind of what's going on uh and um more general stuff too um and then tamara has reached out to uh the Dude, she's an all-star team. man yeah she's good um she's reached out to jocko willink uh's team jim collins from good to great um so we're we're going after some big names so like the money that's coming in we're actually um gonna build like i haven't mentioned this yet but we're gonna build like a swag store um we're probably going to buy books and just ship them to the guys, um, you know, doing little things like that, trying to be proactive with stuff. Uh, we're trying to build a little bit of a cushion first, and then we're going to start spending that money. Um, and we're going to probably have to pay to bring some of these speakers in. And then um, probably like once or twice a year, we'll, we'll, um, we'll ask everybody to come in. We'll rent out a conference room and uh, everybody can get a room in a hotel and um, we can all hang out. And uh, we'll have something organized with a little agenda. Uh, I don't know, like I probably won't bring in a lot of like outside speakers for that. It'll be more like one-on-one type stuff, um, small groups broken up and rotating, um, sharing ideas, um, 
and maybe do like what I like to call a hackathon um, and just have fun with it. Right. And then I think the best times you'll have when those scenarios are more of the social atmosphere where we're at the, maybe at the bar or whatever, um, you know, having a drink and just talking. Um, so we're trying to recreate that and that'll only be for maybe, you know, a two day event or whatever, but you fly in, you hang out with a bunch of door guys, talk about things and then fly out. Uh, but I think with, with business owners, um, it's easy, you know, the path to our, where we're going is, is here, right? And we try to stay focused on the end game, like where we set our goals. And then something happens, something else happens, something else happens. And then we find ourselves like way over here, right? And somehow we got, you know, 30, 40 degrees off to the right. And before we even realized that we're still not on the same path. And so when I, when I, um, when I was doing this, um, I'm going through this. I'm talking to a lot of business owners. Uh, business owners are telling me how they're struggling for the first time in a long time. They're having a hard time doing this and that, and cash flow problems, and door problems, and employee problems. And I'm just like, dude, we we need we need constant uh, communication with each other to bring out the best in all of us. And so that was what kind of sparked the idea for Garage Door U. And, and people keep wanting me to do another conference. And I'm like, I don't mind that, but that about killed me. That was like three months of <laughs> you know, 12, 15 hours a day uh, getting it ready. And then, um, you know, it's, I spent over $100,000. Uh, I don't know if y'all know that, but I spent over a hundred grand um, on that conference. And I signed up for like 80 of that before we had one person signed up. So that was a huge leap of faith talking about uncomfortable and taking risk. Um, but I felt like that's kind of what I had to do. I needed to go big or go home. If I wouldn't have gone big, we would have had 20 people sign up probably. Um, and so I think garage door use a great opportunity for um, people who uh, don't have all the answers and want to talk to other guys that are in similar uh, paths as them and brainstorm. I mean, I think I'm going to learn from a lot of these guys. We break them down into um, revenue. So uh, right now we got under a million, over a million. We're going to be creating a, a two to three million and maybe even beyond that. Uh, right now we got three groups. Uh, one is completely full, two are um, halfway, close to halfway. Um, we got a lot of people that we're talking to about joining. And you really just have to commit to it. We're looking for people who are going to be committed and hungry and want to learn. Um, but every week we're going to set, you know, we're going to set weekly goals on how we're going to get closer to our big goals. And then the next week we're going to say, did you do this? And if you say no too many times, I'm just going to boot you out of the group and stop payment on your card. Um, because we want people where we're going to hold each other accountable. And that's the key, right? Is that uh, we don't find ourselves 30 to 40 degrees off before we realize that we're off the path. We're, we're two or three degrees before we realize we're off the path and we're able to correct it. That path could change though too, man, right? So yeah, it can change. I like where it's headed. And so you gave an assignment last week and I used to be a really bad procrastinator. And these days, I, uh, I'm not really a procrastinator anymore, but I do prioritize things. And so 
I work on things as they come in. And, and sometimes one of the biggest challenges that we've had right now with our business is we're going back through. I'm finally got the time to sit at my desk and filter through all the um, incomplete tasks and open quotes and all these things that, you know, we, we lack follow up on or stuff that should have been closed out. It's not closed out. We're cleaning all that stuff up. And so like someone might send me a text today. And so I've, I've learned now that we need to, we're about people, right? I stopped selling garage doors like six months ago. We sell a, a, an experience now. We sell a customer experience. Yeah. Right. And so um, we're really gearing ourselves up. And I think Service Titan is going to help us really crush it with this to give that customer the experience. And my goal is to have that, that interaction within seven days. You know, your door might not come in for four months, but like right now, We'll go out, we'll do a quote, there'll be some back and forth, might take me two days to get back to you, two days for you to get back to me. And all of a sudden, before you know it, three, four weeks has gone by. And now the manufacturer raised the price four times. Yeah. <laughs> Moderate uh, current problems, right? <laughs> so, you know, so my goal is to, I'm, I'm catching up, right? And so you gave us an assignment last week and it's on my list of priorities. And I haven't stopped thinking about it since you signed it. But it wasn't until last night that I sat down and actually put pen to paper. I don't even use pen and paper anymore. Screw that stuff. It gets lost. Can't <laughs> read it. Try to read my father's notes. It ain't going to happen. Um, <laughs> so I use Google Drive and I have these folders and I, I break them down. By, I have one called Garage Door You Now. And so now I have one. I have my homework assignments in there. And so I sat down last night before I go to bed. And the assignment was to write down your goals for one, three, and five years. And then what are you going to do to achieve those goals? That's stuff that I literally think about multiple times a week. Sometimes I do take the time to write them down, but it is a, an ever-evolving process, right? And so one of my goals, I think, that I told you on the first podcast I was on with you was my goal is with this business is to feed five families, right? My goal wasn't to make a million dollars. My goal wasn't to make $10 million. My goal was to be in a position where I can confidently feed five other families and provide a livelihood for them that's going to satisfy them and their family. And they're going to be able to do the things that they want. That was my goal. And I still haven't lost that goal. Um, but I've had a lot of changes to that along the way. And yeah. so I sat down last night and I wrote out my goals and I'm looking at them. And they're vastly different from the goals I've had in the past. And this has to do with my mindset, how I think and analyze. Yeah. Um, and I exercise my brain more than I exercise any other part of my body at this point. I think it's so important. And so one of the things on there was to vacation with my family three to four times a year. That's one of my goals right now. Yep. I don't care about a dollar amount. My goals are, what do I want out of life? How I achieve that might have to do with how I get money, right? But my goals are about me and my family and making life better for the people around me. Those are my goals. And so my one, three, and five year aren't necessarily, I, I haven't even figured out if we're in order yet, but I'm looking forward to, what do we mean at 2.30 today? Yeah, but... Uh... I got a couple of them, so I'm not 100% so, sure which one. I'm is. looking forward to that conversation yeah, because I know that I'm going to show up to that meeting and you and the other people in that call are going to hold me accountable to those. Yep. And you're forcing me to write these things down. You asked me to speak at the door conference yep. and I was like, yeah, 
oh, (laughs) (laughs) like that I had to figure it out. And it it forced me to put pen to paper and write out things. And it, and it's been a, you know, it's been a positive experience for me and it's helped me grow as a person. And so you talked about being comfortable and uncomfortable before. I think if you want things out of this life, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. hundred percent. I look to be uncomfortable every day, whether it's putting myself through a physical challenge, a mental challenge, doing something I've never tried, um, having an uncomfortable conversation with someone in my life that needs to happen. Like that's living life, man. Yep. Right. Yeah. I agree, bro. I think that, uh, by the way, you killed it at virtual door dealer conference. I got a lot of compliments. I appreciate that. Yeah. I was super nervous man. for someone who doesn't <laughs> I had so much, I had so much help. Like at eight o'clock the night before my buddy, um, is a school administrator, um, in North Carolina. And I invited like a dozen friends and family and neighbors to do a, a dry run the night before. Haven't used PowerPoint since like college, never use zoom because doing garage doors we just go do doors all these people who've been working from home they know how to use zoom i don't freaking know how to use Zoom. so i put together this thing and i have all these different colors and backgrounds and i like tried all these different things i spent days on it right and then so i have this little um presentation for friends and family and i'm like look i know this is bad i want you to i want your feedback and i trust you not to like just point and laugh at me right and so I, my buddy Mauricio, he's, he's my best friend, man. We've been friends. He moved out of state like six, seven, maybe even like eight years ago now. And we still talk all the time. And he lives on Zoom, school administrator during COVID, right? He's at a sporting event. That's one of his obligations as an administrator. He goes to at least one event for sport every year. And he's there with another uh, teacher and they're like, what are you doing on a, a conference call at, at eight o'clock at night? And he's like, ah, oh, it's my buddy, Greg. He tells a little bit of the background. Like, she's like, oh, it's a really cool story, whatever. And she's watching the slides and she goes, you need to help him. <laughs> dude. How much time do we have? <laughs> so he, no lie, dude. He called me at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. And he spent like two and a half hours on the phone with me setting up the slides for my PowerPoint and laying it out. Like all the information, I had all the information, but putting it in an actual presentation, dude, I like, I just, the people in my life are, are what I care about. That's, you know, I've, the last change in my life and, you know, I've grown and evolved as, as a human being. And, and at this point in my life, I see the value in, um, you know, giving to other people and what they can give to me. Yeah. They can, you know, that's good, bro. Lots of good advice. I want to ask you one last question before we jump off. You said you were building processes. I think yep. this is one of the things that door companies struggle with the most. Tell me what, how you're going about build, what's your process for building processes? So the way I, the way I started tackling this and the way I'm still tackling this is when I do something, right. There's, um, you think you're you think you're wasting time or spending time by by taking a minute to write something down well if you take a minute to start developing that process it's only going to save you time and and make you capable of doing so much more so when i do something that i want someone else to be able to do the same way 
I open up my phone. It's always in my pocket. I open up my drive and I make a note. Right. And so it, it you start to get a lot of notes. You got to really be diligent at keeping them organized. And, you know, I, I make a note and then I may go back to that note and expand on it. Or um, when Olivia is doing something and I find that teaching is learning. And so as I'm teaching someone a process, I'm actually changing that process in my, my mind. I'm finding gaps in my own process and, and mistakes that I've been making and make it more efficient. And so as you build that process, it's going to grow and evolve. And so what starts as maybe one sentence or a small paragraph all of a sudden becomes a step-by-step -step instructions. Um, and so there's that part of it. And then there's automation. And so whatever you can automate, reliably automate is gonna make your life easier and better. And so you need to write down the steps and you need to analyze those steps. And you most importantly, you need to use those steps. What I found myself doing, <clears throat> we started using Trello, <clears throat> excuse me. We started using Trello to map out our quote to completion. Um, and so once someone, once we leave a quote, someone makes a deposit, we're manually moving that tile down the Trello board. And I can see it and Olivia can see it and anybody else who, who might need that information can see it. Part of the, the process, part of those steps is any, when you make one of those changes, you have to go in Trello and make that step. And I've found that I'm starting to rush through things and I'm not going into Trello. And then two or three days go by and then I look back and I'm like, shoot, now I've lost track. Take the time and do the steps that you've made for yourself. Slow down. Slow down. Rushing Slow is smooth. Smooth is fast. Yep. Right? Yep. So, so take the time, write it down and actually do what you say you're going to do. I, um, I've blocked off like a day, um, where myself, um, my management team and my office staff, we're going to, um, create standard operating procedures also known as SOPs. And we're literally going to take the whiteboard in the conference room and we're going to say, okay, phone call comes in. Boom. Step one. And we're going to go through the entire process and document it. And then we're going to make like a guide book out of it. And then we're going to hand that out. And then we're going to do training on it um, <clears throat> because we've outgrown so many of our process, like the growth we've experienced, like this year we're on track to double over what we did last year um, and be significantly more profitable. So our path is really good. Uh, but now we we're looking at some of our, excuse me, some of our issues. And we're like, these are processes. This is a process breakdowns. This is training breakdowns where we need the most help right now is training and, and uh, set processes that aren't four years old. So we're going to rebuild all of our price processes from the ground up uh, with a whole new perspective. Um, and it's going to go in the way of selling doors It's going to go in the way of doing repairs uh, and then once we do residential and get that completed, we're going to go over to commercial and do the same thing. Uh, but residential needs it uh, pretty badly. I also, um, you had mentioned something about like 
um, everybody kind of be on the same page or knowing how you handle things. I now, when we have a customer where it gets all the way up to me and there's an issue and I've got to call the customer, I'm recording that call and then I'm sending it to my team. And I'm like, look, eventually I want all of you guys to be able to do this right here. Yep. So when you're in the field and the customer raises the, the red flag and is like, Hey, I got a problem with what you just did, or I got a problem with this door or this and that you can say, Oh, I remember there was a similar situation that Ryan had a, with a customer back in the day. Here's how he handled it. I'm going to handle it like this. And if it's wrong, we'll figure it out. But I want to equip my team on how to de-escalate situations and how to handle them in the field to where they don't bubble up into the office because it's a, it's a, it's a process. I mean, honestly, if someone complains and none of my staff members can handle it, it's going to sit on my to-do list for two or three days because I'm, I'm usually running about two to three days behind. And by the time I get to that person, I have to spend five or 10 minutes listening to how long it's taken for me to get back to them. So I can save those minutes by calling them quicker. But if I can quit my team to handle them better to where it doesn't get to me, that's what I want to do. So I like recording those conversations and sending them out to our team. We had one I did yesterday and I, I actually recorded it and sent it out to my team and just said, Hey, look, uh, there's some things we could have done better on this. Um, and there's some things that the customer was maybe a little misguided on, but, but here's the solution. Like, listen to the call and how I handled it. She wanted to be heard first and foremost. And then, uh, you know, then I needed to confirm that she was wrong in one spot. And then, um, we, we moved on to the other issues that were solvable. Uh, but I'll, I'll just go into it. Um, and, and there may be various different uh, conversations on whether I'm right or wrong, but the lady had two size openings. She had a 610 and a 611, and she wanted windows. So I always tell Linda, who does the short sales, 610 gets a 69 door. After you do the retainer, the bottom seal, and the vinyl trim, you're sealed. Um, if you do a seven foot tall door, you're going to sit up in the opening, and your vinyl trim is going to either catch on to your uh, window frame or it's going to cover part of the window frame up and it doesn't look good. Um, and so, sorry, my guys are at super tech right now. Top golf. Uh, I got to leave here in just a minute, but um, so with that, um, the six eleven door was a little bit, you know, had, had an extra inch. And uh, she was upset that she could see the trim piece across the top from the inside. And she was like, that's not how this is supposed to go. The door should fit the opening. And I said, well, the doors are built in three inch increments and I'm not going to put a seven foot on one side and a six ten on the other. I was like, the best solution would probably be just frame it down with a one by and put the seal back on. And so like we had, she just, she wasn't interested, which is fine. Uh, but she thought I was lying to her. That, that there was like somehow I sold her the wrong doors and, um, you know, I was trying to like cover my track somehow. And um, so, but she wanted to be heard and I disagreed. I feel like we sold that job correctly. There were no gaps. The seal covered everything. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, 
I understand where she's coming from. So I was sympathetic. I was empathetic. I listened. Um, and I feel like we accomplished a common goal. And I know dealers do things differently, but that's how I, I, I think she sold it right. Um, and so uh, we could double up on the trim, I told her, and she didn't like that idea. Um, but that conversation is going to help our technicians with like three or four things, de-escalating, number one. Number two, um, standing on the ground that you know that, that you're right on, but doing it in a graceful manner. Number three, there were some decorative handle issues. She wanted locking decorative hardware, which we've never installed before. This was the first time. And when it's unlocked, which she wants to keep it, one handle's down, one handle's up. And it doesn't look right. Um, and so she wants both handles down when it's not locked. So I got to try to figure out how to get the stationary lock in a down position. And I have no experience with that. So I'm trying to find a solution. And then the glass. So now my guys know, hey, when I bump into this, or I could have just made that call myself and nobody else learned from it. And then we just move forward. So huge fan of like having that. And then the 15 minute huddle every morning has been uh, great because uh, we have the conversations about any issues in our processes that come up that are breaking down. We need to discuss them now. Um, and so that's a great learning experience too for everybody. Yeah, I think you hit a lot on that. But I think the one thing that I, I think I mentioned earlier that the only the only thing I didn't hear you say about learning from that phone call would be learning to set the expectation from the, the beginning. So where that phone call may show the salesperson or whoever sold that job, to set that expectation from the beginning. That's what I told right? you. They yeah. heard that on the phone call I had with her. Um, and then we talked this morning about, you know, some of this could have been avoided if we would have taken a little extra time and explained. It's kind of like when we do age casing because the last installer put it on sheetrock and we're going in with age casing. Um, you know, we tear off that wood trim or the, the previous vinyl trim. We're going to have a gap. Uh, from where the, the jam was painted to where the new vinyl trim is going to sit. So that's not a surprise. And our guys in the garage are frustrated because the customer comes out. It's like, what the heck? You know, they know, hey, listen, you're going to have to touch up the paint on the jams when we do this. Um, why not say that? You know, hey, when we put these two buys on here, your door might sit a little bit on the rain lip. Um, you know, just just the little things. Um I think as long as you prep them and then we do a really good job of putting everything in the notes, we have a new door measure form yep. that we put all the notes in when we measure a door opening and all the, the different measurements um, and anything discussed. So some of the issues would have been very difficult for me to address had she not done a good job filling that out. So yeah. um, big fan. But you're of that. so right about like de-escalation. Like it's so important. Yeah. It's mostly just people want to be heard and yeah. empathized with. So, but that's all I got, man. You got anything you want to give a shout out to? You want to invite people to your elite entrepreneurs group? I could run this right through to Garage Store U at 2.30. So we can, we can end this now. And I can't <laughs> I wait to go play top golf. I know. Boys are over there. I'm looking forward to digging deep in some of the, the more intricate stuff later. Because, you yeah. know, a lot of the stuff we're covering here is, is surface level a little bit deeper. But that, that's going to, we're going to have a good conversation later too. And um, yeah, definitely. Uh, elite entrepreneurs is for anybody who's looking to. Well, here, let me. If you got a second, I'll, I'll read you my. It's Facebook. Yeah, we're on Facebook. It's a private group. 
if you answer all the questions, you could get in without being approved. Um, let me sec here. While we're waiting, did you see that video of Asher? I haven't watched it yet. I got to go back. I got to go back and watch it. So proud. My boy, it was third and long. My boy runs a like a touchdown. He's got like, some skills, man. He had a little jump cut, dude. I was impressed. So you'll see uh, the pinned at the top of my page is um, this is a place where contractors, small business owners, entrepreneurs of all kinds can network with other top performers. We constantly work to be the best at what we do. We show up and do what we say we're going to do. We're successful because we help to elevate those around us. And we're all here to see each other succeed and build our referral network. So if any of that resonates with you, look us up, Elite Entrepreneurs. You can message me privately. I'll send you a link, whatever. Um, it started just with me posting in there. And, and now I've got some other people that are are posting and asking questions. And, and some of it's local to me. And some of it is garage door people from across the country. Some of it's people from other businesses. But it's all, um, my thing is mindset. That's my thing. My thing is mindset. And so I, I post some personal stuff in there. People are starting to share some things. And um, it, I think it's a great group. Um, just kind of bringing together a bunch of people who are i'm already in contact with and trying to find more people like us so that's uh i'm actually part of another group that's very similar but it's paid so you got to pay to be in it um so just to wrap up real quick we got elite entrepreneurs on facebook make sure you hit up craig he can send you a link or you can just go there on uh, facebook and uh, submit a request to join uh we got garage door you that's garage door uh, you can go to torsiontalk.com if you are interested in seeing the videos from Virtual Door Dealer Conference. We have the ability for you to buy those videos uh, or buy access to those videos on torsiontalk.com. And then um, anything else? Oh, man, I appreciate you. I yeah, man. I look forward to seeing you a bit. Support your, uh, your local associations. Support IDA. Um, you know, we're trying to we're trying to make sure that we – uh, people think I'm against IDA. I'm not against IDA. I just want to make sure everybody knows that. I just want IDA to be the best it can be for us. They have the resources. They got the people. Um, I just want the best. And that's all I do. So if you hear me giving them a hard time, or if you think that I'm against them, I'm not. I just want them to do better. Um, and, and I'll probably, uh, I try to hold everybody that I respect to a high standard. Uh, I respect IDA. Um, Brenton and I had a little chat last night. He's such a cool dude. I'm really excited about his term being the president or whatever. Um, so um, really excited about the future of IDA and some of the things to come. And I uh, did a spot with Jim McGrath, which is about to be released, I believe, Tuesday. I can't remember if that one or the panel discussions being released on the podcast uh, Tuesday, but the Jim McGrath one's a really good one. Um, but um, make sure you guys are supporting your local associations. Check out IDA. Anything else? I'm good. You're good. I'm good, man. Just always like to say, I appreciate the people in my life. Appreciate you, bro. All right. If you, uh, if you have not subscribed to Torch Talk podcast yet, make sure you do so support our sponsors because without them, this couldn't be possible. And, um, you can check us out on all your uh, podcast uh, subscriptions, uh, whether that's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Also, check us out on Facebook. We got Torsion Talk on Facebook, um, and 
we're going to be ramping that up a little bit. I got um, someone starting on Tuesday of next week. We're going to be really starting to pump some more video and um, stuff out, uh, taking clips from these and pushing them out. So uh, you guys will see a lot more activity on Torsion Talk and the such and such media uh, social platforms. I hope you guys have a great week. Be safe. Happy 4th. And um, shoot them fireworks. Y'all have a good day. Thank you.